This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Deacon Roger Height. And we've had a great show this morning, Deacon, haven't yeah. we? Yes, the time's gone by quickly. Yeah. Well, with us today is Dylan Reinhardt. Thanks for joining us, yeah, Dylan. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, could you tell us, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so like you said, I'm Dylan Reinhardt. I am currently serving as a focus missionary, a team director at South Dakota State University up in Brookings, South Dakota. Um, so this is my third year right now as a missionary and a team director at South Dakota State. I served for two years at Wayne State College. Um, originally from Lincoln, Nebraska. I was born and raised there, have two sisters um, that still live in Lincoln, Nebraska. One is married, has two kids, two of my nephews and godsons. So it was cool being back home for Thanksgiving this week and got to see them for the first time in a long time. Um, went to school in a small town in Nebraska, deep southeast called Peru State College. It's funny, usually when I tell people Peru, like, oh, the country? No, <laughs> not the country. So Went there, graduated with biology and exercise science, and originally was going to go into public health, and yeah, path kind of changed towards the later years of college, and now I'm a focused missionary going on my fifth year, so yeah. That's exciting. Five years is a long... <laughs> yeah, it is. It's kind of crazy. I was thinking about it the other day. I'm like, five years? That goes by fast. <laughs> <laughs> Try 72. <laughs> I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, path changed. Yeah. So, yeah, my story is a little bit different than a lot of people that I've met. Um, I didn't actually start practicing my faith seriously until about seven years ago, a little over seven years ago. So right now I'm 29. That puts me at like 21, 22 years old when I started practicing my faith, which is usually when people are graduating college, right? Um, I went to college for six years total when I was there, so that's why I was still in college while that was happening. But yeah, my first few years of college and probably from about the age of like 10, 11, I was on kind of like the party path. You know, I really sought to want to drink alcohol, wanting to have fun in the way that the world tells you that you should have fun, right? Um, and in college, I continued down that path. After being there in high school, college made it easier because I was away from mom and dad. Um, and about the age of 21, 2021, I started getting really sick with Lyme disease is what it turned out being. So I went from thinking that I was on top of the world. I was in the best physical shape of my life. At that time, had a beautiful girlfriend. I was I'm like, well, this is what the world says. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I ended up getting sick, and it slowly started kind of like taking away certain things that I could do, certain things that I could eat, right? So I stopped being able to eat gluten, stopped being able to eat dairy. I lost about 75 pounds in just under a year. I wasn't able to go and do the things that I was able to do. And at about like 21, 22, I found myself um, pretty much alone. And at that time, I had a girlfriend that we were having like issues at that time. You know, we had broken up, trying to win her heart back, and my mom had her convinced to go to RCIA. And I went to RCIA for that first time, and in that prayer, I experienced so much peace, so much health, and I just like heard a whisper in my heart, not audible, just like, Dylan, like, I love you. I know where you're at. I know where you've been, and I want you to know that you don't have to change to come to me. Just like, keep coming to me and watch what happens. So it was like that invitation. Um, so that's where the path started to change. Um, and with that, I started getting involved with UNL, Nebraska Lincoln's Newman Center. Um, first exposure with Focus was at a Holy Spirit boot camp retreat. Um, so it's a retreat centered around the Holy Spirit, learning who he is, learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, learning about healing. 
Um, and on that retreat, I encountered and experienced more like physical healing with being prayed with than over like three years of antibiotic treatment, holistic and herbal treatment, like diet switches and everything. Like, okay, there's something to this. So, yeah, that's when the path really started to change. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And so why focus? Why focus? Well, like I said, first exposure was at that retreat. And when I went on that retreat, it was, it was mind-blowing that there's like a spiritual and soul-field healing through like confession, through receiving the Eucharist that literally can bubble over physically. I'm like, whoa. You know, like how can, how can I not pursue like bringing this joy that literally heals physically and this love that literally heals physically? Like how can I not bring that into the world around me? So that was like the seed that was planted. But of course I had my life figured out, you know, as most college students coming out of college, like ah, my career, 15, 20 year plan, we got it figured out, you know? So, um, I kind of pushed that to the side and I was pursuing public health. I had an accepted seat in a master's program at the university of Nebraska medical center, um, that year after. And it wasn't until I was hanging out with some men in Lincoln, Nebraska at a missionary's house. And we'd meet together like every Saturday morning for a men's morning we'd go to mass and then have conversation hang out together afterwards and one of the guys like hey you ever thought about being a focused missionary I'm like, yeah. no I got my life figured out like it'd be yeah. cool but I've got my life figured out um and then I sat down and I was praying through it and like the big desire that was on my heart was to have like the greatest impact on the future leadership like not only Catholic, but in like America, right? I sat down like, well, where can you have that impact on helping build future leaders in the Catholic faith, in the secular world, everywhere? It's like, oh, the college campus. That'd be sweet to be doing like campus ministry. And when I sat down and I prayed through it, I just like, the more that I learned about focus, the more I talked to people who were in focus, it just became very clear that focus was going to be the best avenue to prepare for and actively engage in evangelization and leadership on like the college campus. So that's why focus for me. Could you uh, maybe talk a little bit about a focus missionaries day on campus? Yeah. What's it like? What are you yeah. doing? So honestly, every missionary for the most part, like their day is different. So to, to like actually set it down, like this is exactly what the normal day looks like is kind of hard. Um, for me, the normal day, usually we start in the morning with holy hour, 830. First thing we do together as a team, Monday through Thursday, we have a scheduled holy hour at 830 um, to start our day off saturated in the grace to be able to go out on mission for the day. Um, then normally, you know, we'll have some team stuff after that, whether it be a team meeting um, this morning right now, I don't know if my team's listening, but they're at like team breakfast and doing mission partner development, which is fundraising. Um, so from about eight to noon, we're doing team stuff. We're trying to get some of the logistical things and administrative stuff out of the way while students are in class. Um, throughout the rest of the day, the team kind of splits up and we'll have one-on-one -on -one set up with students while we'll Bible studies throughout the day. Um, a lot of it, what it comes down to is leading discipleship through transformative Bible study. So really spending our time investing in the students, living lives, our lives with the students, inviting them into our lives, going into their lives, meeting them where they're at. Um, and then towards the end of the day, we have mass at 530. Um, and yeah. You know, one of the things that we hear being away from college campuses is that uh, college campuses are somewhat non-religious in terms of the environments. Mm. So how, how do your missionaries, now they're not enrolled in the college, but how do they get access to the students mm. and be so, able to mix with them? Yeah, 
So being able to mix with the students, it's kind of funny because me and three of my other teammates are actually enrolled in one credit hour on mm. class. Um, it's an ROTC class, which is really cool. We get in there for a good price to be there. We get access to the gym, access to games, everything like that. And also we get to have an impact class that we're in. It's all about Army leadership and our professors like bounced off of us in a cool way. Um, but yeah, getting on campus is like if we're willing to take a credit and get a student ID, we get to play intramurals with the students. We get to go out and we get to be on campus, work out with them, play basketball in the morning. Um, but for the most part, being on campus isn't overly difficult. Um, we can get into the union, we can get into the library, we can get into all these spaces um, if we desire to. So even though it can be kind of hostile to that religious environment, it's manageable to get onto campus, mm -hmm. absolutely. How about your relationship with uh, professors and the instructors in on the college campuses? Do you have a chance to evangelize with them or to set up relationships with them? How does that work? Um, in my experience, haven't had a lot of intentional relationship built with professors. Um, both at Wayne and here at SDSU, I've had a chance to meet professors that are affiliated with the Newman Center or that go to like the local Catholic parish in Brookings and be St. Thomas More. Um, but outside of that, there hasn't been a huge intentional effort to communicate with the professors. Okay, good. Yeah. What's your favorite aspect of being a focused missionary? Hmm. And how have your experiences kind of prepared you for this? Yeah. Uh, living life with the students, you know, sharing, sharing my experience with the students and showing them, especially, I guess, with my past and my experience, showing them that it, it doesn't look like, oh, I have to be perfect. I check all the boxes. Mm. It's like when you come into a relationship with the Lord, right, you're going to have a desire to do these things. So watching, watching a student that is 18 years old, which blows my mind that they'd even be at a Newman Center, right? <laughs> Watching them actually step into a relationship with Christ and respond to God's presence in their life and then take that like further and keep on going deeper and deeper and watching the Lord just like really bring their heart alive. There's nothing like it, you know? It doesn't always happen. And as you guys know, like working with people can be messy because we don't know what they're going to do. We're imperfect human beings. But man, when somebody makes that choice to go all in, it just, there's nothing like it to see someone come fully alive. Um, and even with my missionary and my teammates, right? My missionaries on the team, like watching everyone come fully alive and work together, like in the body of Christ is so cool. So cool. That's awesome. Now, one of the things I know that, uh, the missionaries have to be self-supporting. Mm -hmm. So if someone wanted to support a missionary, and maybe there isn't one out of their parish, I think St. Lambert's has a couple of people yeah. that are missionaries. How do they go about supporting uh, Focus missionaries? Yeah, there's multiple ways. Um, if you know a local missionary... You know, ask them if you actually want to give somewhere. It'd be I guarantee you'd make a missionary's day. It's like, hey, can I support you financially? Be like, what's happening? You know. <laughs> um, but outside of that, Focus has a website where you can go on and you can look up the different campuses. You can look up missionaries by names. You can look up missionaries by the campus that they're on. So let's say you're here and you're like, oh, I have a student that's going or a kid that's going to USD or SDSU. I want to support the mission there, so they have the financial opportunity to like provide retreats and that stuff. You can find it on Focus's website. Okay. Absolutely. Good. Cool. So um, just something that's kind of been on my heart a lot, and I think kind of the whole diocese of Sioux Falls mm. has been mission work, yes. like missionary discipleship. Um, why is that important? Whew. 
Man, at loaded our bapt- question. Yeah, have loaded a lot of time, question. <laughs> um, yeah, at our baptism, very simply, at our baptism, we received that call to be missionary disciples of Christ, and that is like fortified and strengthened in our confirmation. So, like lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love, it's like what we're destined for. Mm-hmm. Like it's what we're made for is to live in a relationship with God and bring others into that relationship too. That's where we're fulfilled. Um, so yeah, if we want to actually live lives of fulfillment. Like, not only just me or the college students, but everybody. Like, we should actively be living in the heart of Christ and the mission of the church, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And that, th- yeah, that just came naturally, like, too, when I was in college. Like, I didn't have focus on my campus. If I would have had focus on my campus, it would have been a lot better because it would have provided a lot of organization and structure yeah, that I sure. needed. But I prayed, I read scripture, I went to Mass, and as I entered into that fully, I naturally had a desire rise in my heart to go talk to people and to love people and to bring people into this like experience that I've been having. So, so it just flows naturally yeah. from the desires of your heart. And once you start mm. following the Lord, you can't help but live from that. It's Amen. Just, it's natural. <laughs> it's but. a positive feedback loop of joy. How can you, how can you resist that? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And um, Dylan, if you'll stay with us over the break, I'd love to talk more about mission when we Absolutely. come back. All right. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Deacon. Roger Height. Stay tuned for more Real Presence Live coming after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the region's most recognized holiday traditions, Christmas at the Cathedral presents... Be Born in Me, featuring Shane McConnell, Shelley Jennings, music director Dan Goler, and actress Apollonia Davalos. Six productions, December 16th through the 19th at the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Get your tickets today at all Sioux Falls Hy-Vee locations or online at ccfesd.org. Don't miss this inspiring Christmas celebration. Christmas at the Cathedral. Real Presence Radio is available on Alexa-enabled devices, including Amazon Echo, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To enable the skill, just say, Alexa, enable Real Presence Radio. To listen, say something like, Alexa, open Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play. To which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use commands like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, on Alexa-enabled devices. These stations all yeah. over this upper Midwest here, it's its amazing. You know, to hear the stories from family and friends or whatever, I said, I really didn't know that, but I found that out on Call to Communion or Catholic Answers Live. Some of these other programs, they said, man, what a resource that we have. its It's enthralling, you know, and it really does present a lot of the faith in a very lively and very timely fashion, too. I mean, God's timing is amazing. You know, you've had a question or I've had an issue or something come up, and by gosh, the next day or that day, something's come up on the Catholic radio station that, that answers that question or that allays my fear or that helps me along in my faith journey for that day. So it's been a tremendous, tremendous help for us. This is Mary Kay Starry from the Cathedral of St. Mary in Fargo. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live. 
Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. I'm Deacon Roger Height. And we're visiting with Dylan Reinhardt, who's a focus missionary in Brookings at SDSU. Is yes, that? ma'am. Okay. I'm still new to Sioux Falls, <laughs> so I'm trying to get the area down. You're doing great. <laughs> but, uh, before the break, we were talking about mission. And how do you discern, blow the question again, mm. but how do you mm. discern your mission? Because there's a lot of good things out there, and you can't say yes to all of them, but it's important to say yes and be open. Mm. So how do you... Yeah, I think one thing that really comes to mind, I was praying with this last night, is building a foundation of receptivity to God's will, receptivity to the Holy Spirit, right? Um, so how do I discern my mission? I need to sit in silence. I need to have a spiritual director. I need to have a mentor. I need to have the voices that aren't my own directing me and being able to tell me like, hey, you're, you're going off the path here. But at the same time, like sitting down and learning how to recognize God's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, just been beautiful in the opportunity of being a focused missionary over the past four and a half, five years that I've been a missionary. I've had the opportunity on going to two eight-day silent retreats, Ignatian-style silent retreats in and that's prepared me for mission more than probably any formation I've received because it's allowed me to actually be attentive to God's voice and to recognize when it's my voice trying to dominate mm-hmm. the enemy's voice or God's voice that's there. Um, so how do I discern my mission? It's really hard. Like You have to sit down, prayer, sacraments, teaching the apostles, fellowship, Acts 2.42. And in the end, you just have to make, you have to take action, right? You can't sit on there. You can't hesitate for the rest of your life when you're trying to discern something. At some point, after you've talked to the people that you trust and after you've prayed, you've got to take action. You've got to make a choice. Perpetual discerner is guilty. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, does community play a role in this? Huge, huge role in this. Um, a big term that we use in focus that you might have heard, and it's a really good one, I love it, is hot coals. Like an analogy of hot coals, right? You have a grill, you're cooking with charcoal, um, which I love cooking with charcoal. It always makes stuff taste better. Um, but when you're cooking with it, right, you have this pile of coals that you light on fire. And if you take one coal out of that fire after they're burning hot, that one coal goes out really, really fast. But when you have them together in that pile, they'll burn for sometimes six, seven hours, right? Like even when it comes down to a single or two coals after they've all been together, it'll keep burning for a long time. Um, So community is so important. Not only the hot coals of us being able to be like on fire with Christ together, but that idea of iron sharpening iron, right? Um, we always think of that as like sitting there with like a wet stone and like actually sharpening the sword. But I heard a year or two ago that iron sharpening iron is even deeper than that to where when soldiers were in battle back then, like when they were fighting and they were hitting swords together, the ones that had the most true tested sharp swords are the ones that won the most battles in that fought. So it's like iron sharpening iron is not only like, oh, we've got to like sharpen the tools by formation, but also not being afraid of like having disagreements and working through those and coming to like a charitable end with that is really beautiful to like challenge each other higher. Um, it's really beautiful. Com- the community, man, we're called the body of Christ that tells you that community is necessary. Yeah, for a reason. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I think another thing in that too is back when I was in college, I was really involved with the non-denominational group on my campus as well. It's very passionate about bridging the gap between Catholic and mm. non-Catholic. And the pastor that was there one time, I was telling him like, man, like, I just feel so much more comfortable when I'm by myself in solitude with God. When I'm around people, it's kind of hard because like they don't act how I want them to and everything. He's like, yeah, 
but we're called to be in community with each other because if it's just you, you have your strengths and your weaknesses. But when you're with other people, you have your strengths and weaknesses. They have yours, and your strengths are able to cover other people's weaknesses, and their strengths are able to cover your weaknesses in a way where you're fortified. Um, so that's like what I always think about with community is it might be hard sometimes, but it's necessary. Now, would you say for community, do you have to have the same mission? Or can it just be anybody who wants to go deeper? Like, yeah. what's your thoughts? On I think there's different layers to it. Like, you need to have you need to have the people that are right on board with where you're at. Right? Like, I need my team. I need my team, and I need my other team directors in the region. Like, we have a meeting once a week. I need that, or else I'm gonna I'm gonna be off kilter. I'm gonna lose my fire. So you need that, but you also need to invest in people that aren't exactly where you're at and like invite them to run with you, right? That's community is you have that group where you can really be set on fire and then we're called to go out and we're called to invest. So it's like a both and type of answer and different layers to that is what I would say. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause that's something that I've always struggled with. Mm. It's like, you know, you can have a community of people and you need mm. that, but what if you're all kind of looking <laughs> in different directions and like it kind of falls apart? Yeah. But, um, One other aspect of community that you need is when you go out as a mm. missionary, you're going to be rejected. Amen. And to be able to come back to a community and to share that rejection mm. and to mm. to be affirmed in what you're doing, I think is critical. I mean, we find that in the deacon community that, you know, as we go out and we have these experiences that uh, we also need to come back and be together to say that's okay amen amen and uh so how do you determine success as a focused missionary (laughs) oh that is a great question um yeah success i would say kind of where i gauge success is the pursuit of perfection like how are we doing our heavenly father tells us to be perfect what does that mean because that's like a high high goal well jesus sets that precedent for us when he shows us like can't remember who I was talking to about this, but he's like, uh, like in the eyes of the world, Jesus's life was a failure. Like came down to save the world and he ended up dying on a cross. Like to our human mind, that is failure. But he shows us that perfection lies within pursuing the will of the father. You know, like in the garden of Gethsemane, like father, take this cup of suffering from me, but not my will yours be done. Like his perfection that he models is in the pursuit of the will of our father. So on mission, you know, like it's very easy to get it mistaken as a missionary of like, Things aren't happening how I want them to. The numbers aren't where I want them to be. This is a failure, which is false. That's a lie from the devil. You know, it's like if I'm living in my relationship with God and I'm letting that form my identity and I'm going out and I'm trying active mission, like that's successful. So it's in the effort of like living in a relationship and our identity with God and then trying and attempting to take that out to the world. Um, So when I talk to my missionaries, you know, or the missionaries that are on campus are not my missionaries, they're God's (laughs) missionaries. Um, When I talk to them and I go through these things, like sometimes it can be discouraging if you have a Bible study where nobody's responding and showing up to. It's like, okay, have you been reaching out to them? Have you been talking to them? Have you been making an effort to pursue them? If you have, that's all you can do. And outside of that, like you're not responsible for their choice and their free will choice to not respond or come to Bible study. So a lot of where I gauge that that success is in the effort that's being put into one, developing that relationship with God, two, being founded in your identity, and then from that, that fruit of mission. And it's more of just like the action of trying to do mission, um, which comes like you got to talk through that stuff because then there's some times where you can be like lazy in that. It's like, oh no, I'm putting in all my effort. 
It's like, are you actually putting in all your yeah. effort? You know, um, very easy to lie to ourselves there. But that's how I would define success on mission: is that mm. pursuit of the will of the Father. That's awesome. Very well, good. We're coming to the end of our time here, mm. but are there any final thoughts or? Yeah, final thoughts. Um, discipline. I've been listening to. I, I love love listening to Jocko Willink and a few different people like Jordan Peterson, and I've been listening to a podcast by Jocko called "Discipline Equals Freedom," and it's just mm. like. It's really challenging because that's where I struggle the most. But yeah, discipline. Like set a time in prayer every day. Prayer is the most important thing that we can do. If we're not praying, nothing else matters. If we're not living in a relationship with God, nothing else matters. We can do all the good things. And if we're not living in a relationship with God who loves us and created us for love, like we're, we're off. You know, we're not, we're not on that path to holiness, to heaven. Um, so discipline, especially in prayer. The other things we need to be disciplined in too, but discipline in maintaining a daily prayer life. Receiving the sacraments, surrounding ourselves with a good community, and like forming ourselves in scripture and in the catechism. Um, that would be my final thought. Prayer, prayer, prayer. That's what we're pushing on campus. Like, if you're not praying, I can't lead you. It's like a quote from my teammate Cody. If you're not praying, I can't lead you because you're not being led by Christ first. Mm. Um, which is beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Very good. So, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dylan. Yeah. It was great having you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me here. Well, I love it. Great to meet you. Yeah, you as well. All right. Well, we're going to head over to our Fargo studio, and Trez is going to give us a preview of the next show. Yeah, thank you, Teresa. So on the next Real Presence Live, that'll be tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Jack Pinelli is your host, coming to you live from the Fargo studio. Steve Weidenkopf will be on to share how we can find light in the dark times in Catholic history. Then Father Robert Keller from the Diocese of Fargo will talk about how to read the Bible. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Awesome. Thanks, Teres. All right. Well, that's it. We're at the end of the show, Deacon. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to be a part of this. I've really enjoyed the time together. And Dylan, we'll pray for you as you continue your success at Brookings. Yes, thank and, you very uh, much. Hope to be back again. Absolutely. And... We'll need to dive more into We only cover like three of those stories. We have 85 <laughs> more and counting, so <laughs> we'll have well, to dive into more of the stories. <laughs> I'm looking forward to looking back and seeing where God has touched my life uh, in the ones that I've missed and looking forward to see where he's going to lead me. Absolutely. And today, um, if we could just all continue to pray for the outcome of the Dobbs hearing today. Mm. Um, yeah, because... There's crazy things happening in the world right now, That's and we have right. such an honor of being able to pray for them and be part of the communion of Christ. Mm. So, All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I'm your host, Teresa Curley. And I'm Deacon Roger Height from St. Lambert Parish in Sioux Falls. And we'll catch you next time. Have a great Wednesday. Thank you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. 
Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.